Part 3 of our World Cup previews presents two groups that represent the clearest examples of how chaotic and open we expect this mid-season tournament to be. As two world powers in transition, Spain and Germany, will look to fend off Japan and Costa Rica in Group E. Meanwhile, Belgium and Croatia will attempt an even more difficult task in Group F, with upstarts Canada and Morocco ready to pounce. I'm Alex, here with Javier. Just over halfway through these, Javier, uh, this is probably, uh, dare I say it, these are the two groups that I think are going to be the hardest to pick and will break everyone's bracket if they make one for this World Cup. Really? You think these are the hardest groups to pick? I mean, I, Group F Group F definitely is a, a, a hard one to pick, but I think Group E is kind of straightforward. I mean, there's two very clear favorites and then, you know, teams that can play spoilers, but Group F seems much more you know, up in the air, but I'd say Group E has uh, two of the tournament favorites in it, you know, teams that have historic presence in international football throughout their existence and have have always put in a good showing. Spain, less so than Germany, but Germany in every World Cup. I I wanted to say this before we, before we go into every, you know, no, but like, yeah, they've had one or two world, bad World Cups in their history, but I'd say 90% of Germany's World Cups, they make it to like the semifinals or deeper. So right. they have the most semifinals in history. They always don't look like they're going to be the team that makes it through deep into the tournament or makes a big run. But I'm telling you, sometimes these German teams just come together. And the thing about international football that's very different from club football is th- this is the, the biggest difference is the pressing. Because in an international game, it's almost impossible, and, and I mean that, almost impossible for a international team to keep up a press consistently anywhere close to what club teams can do it. Why is that? Because a press takes a lot of coordination between all of the players on the pitch to stay in position for, you know, players and, and to hunt in groups, two of three press at the same time, but everyone has to move as a team to, to not leave holes while those players are pressing. And it's just extremely hard to do that in, in the national team because players go down injured because you only have them for a few weeks of the year, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of teams in international play play a lot more of a possession style. They play you know balls through their center backs. They play balls to their wing backs and play back to their goalie. And there's a lot more space for players who are quick on their feet, who are nimble, um, or who can pick out a really you know long distance pass? There's more space for those players because there's just way less pressing. So keep that in mind. Like for for teams, that it, it's going to be why I you know I talk about Spain and Germany the way I do because I think they're going to have advantages in that way. So I guess I kind of like partially agree with you there because part of that I, I agree with. It is tougher to pull that that kind of style off on short notice, and as a result, you know. Historically, you usually see the teams that are more defensive and counterattacking with that quality to keep the ball when they are under pressure a little bit too much to that makes them uncomfortable. Those teams are usually the ones that you know do well in these kinds of tournaments. You can look to France last time, and even Italy were supposed to be in the Euros a possession kind of team, but 
uh, they just kind of turned into a defensive team that picked their moments to to really uh, push forward and, and try and get like goals in bunches. So it kind of depends. But I think you're right to kind of pair Spain and Germany within that discussion. There's so many comparisons that can be made between these two teams. They both have managers in Luis Enrique for Spain and Hansi Flick for Germany who are you know, had legendary but short-lived careers at the biggest cu- clubs in their countries. Uh, Luis Enrique was the manager of that Barcelona team that last won the Champions League with Neymar, Suarez, and, and Messi. And Hansi Flick, obviously, a couple of years ago with Bayern Munich, won the, the sextuple, six trophies in one season. So they've both been drafted up to their national teams to try and, you know, get them back to, you know, past glory. I'm just thinking uh, there can only be one from this group. I'm not saying Costa Rica are a threat to get out, uh, but I'm thinking one of these two teams, Spain and Germany, is going to slip up and let Japan slip in. Which one of those teams do you think that's going to be, Javier? And I guess we can we can sort of start individually uh, from there. I don't think it's. I mean, you, you, then, we're then doing who our do you think right is now? more likely to? I'm not. I'm not saying two picks. I'm just saying which of these two teams, Spain and Germany, do you think are more likely to slip up? I would say Germany, purely because they have uh, a mix of you – know, they have a pretty youthful side, players like Musiala. Uh, you know, Kai Havertz is still pretty young, Schlotterbeck. It's, I guess they, they, they have a good mix of, of youth and, and experience. I, I don't know, actually. <sighs> well, you, you mentioned I, Germany, so let's just dive into them. Yeah, I'm not – I have not, them. Uh, I have them topping this group, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to disagree I'm not, with you there. Yeah, I'm not because I, I, I really don't think either one of them is is going to slip up here. I'm uh, I'm convinced both of these teams are going to go fairly far into the tournament. So I mean, with Germany, they have they have Serge Gnabry, Leroy Sané, Kai Havertz, Jamal Musiala. We know Ilkay Gundogan from Manchester City, Leon Goretzka from Bayern Munich, Kimmich from Bayern Munich. You've praised Schlotterback on this podcast many times. You know he's he's been starting recently for Germany. They can start Rudiger, Nicolas Sewell. They have an embarrassment of riches, and then at the uh, at goalkeeper, they have the best ones in the world, Neuer and uh, Ter Stegen. So, for me, Germany, I agree with you. I think I think they top the group too. Although the one thing I will say is that the the fixtures favor Spain because Spain gets to play Costa Rica first, and I think that they can you know get a pretty easy win there. Um, and then they play Germany in the second game. So if they get like a draw against Germany and then they play Japan in the last game, I'm sure that that's, that's the type of game that they could win to, to top the group. So I think that favors them a little bit. And, you know, Japan being the first game for Germany is, is a much harder game to start with. See, I, I think in terms of just the matchups head to head, that Japan game is ideal for Germany to start with. Germany want to play a game where it's going to be open and it's sort of like a battle of technical players who can get on the ball more, who can keep possession more, uh, like you mentioned. And in that regard, Japan are, we'll get to them in a, in a few minutes, but they're very good. And I think they're poised to, you know, have a, another good World Cup. But the potential within that Germany front line, I think it's fair to assume that Kai Havertz is going to be starting up top, which, you know, he's had, you know, mixed results playing that sort of role at Chelsea. But at Chelsea, he doesn't have Leroy Sané on one wing, Serge Gnabry on the other, potentially Thomas Muller as sort of like a, a, a very switchable pairing of two players that I think are very, very similar. Uh, you could have Thomas Muller behind him, or you could have Jamal Musiala. Now, I mean, if I was make, if I was calling the shots, 
I'd be leaning Jamal Musiala. He, he's probably my pick for the young player of the tournament. He's only 19. He's good enough to start for this Germany team, and he's been banging in goals. I think he has like 15 goals in all competitions uh, so far this season. He's he's doing amazingly for Bayern Munich. Yeah, I'm really excited to, to see how he's going to do in this World Cup. This is going to be the type of you know stage for him to introduce himself to the world. Because there's, you know, a lot of football fans know Musiala right now, but there's going to be a lot of more casual fans who, after this World Cup, right. will uh, will know who he is. And yeah, I agree with you, Alex. I think Kai Havertz has so much more support on the German national team. He looks like a different player when he plays on the national team. You know, he looks so much more confident in his finishes, in his passing, in his link-up play. You know, obviously, he. Pr- I think a part of that is that he doesn't have to press nearly as much. You know, he's more a little bit more of what they call luxury player. You know, he's kind of like a Messi. No, 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 no. A little we're not, bit. We're not, little we're bit. not standing. We're not, I'm not standing for that. Some of Kai Havertz's best games in a Chelsea shirt have been when he hasn't scored or assisted, but he's worked his ass off pressing. I agree. I'm not saying he doesn't have defenders. that in his game, Alex. I'm just saying he's at his best when he doesn't have to do the pressing work. He can do it. He's I'm agreeing. Good. He's, uh, he's well, a good sorry, enough I'm player. I'm disagreeing. The, I like, think, I, that I think he, he can, can be do... at his best when he's not scoring. He, he, he can right. he can do it but all. I think uh, in this German national team he, that's what he's gonna have to do that's gonna be his main role he's the goal scorer in this team you've mentioned players that can get goals like Gnabry, Gnabry absolutely Goretzka you know Gundogan they, can all, they can all get goals even the center backs so it's not like this team doesn't this team is chock full of goals and I think this team could surprise I mean I I, I, I think Germany could get like semifinals like I was saying before yeah you know absolutely I think a lot of people are just going to underestimate Germany, not think they don't have any huge names, but this is a team that can knock anyone out. I would be scared to go up against the Germany side, whoever I am. You know, uh, this this team is going to give you a lot of problems. And I think that Germany's needed needs a good performance on the international stage. It's been it's been a little while since uh, Germany's really exerted itself internationally. So it's been a while for Germany. Yeah, for Germany, since the the the. Brazil World Cup, basically. So, you know, 2014, eight years. It's been it's been a couple of World Cups, and that's that's too much for Germany. So, sure. I'm uh, I'm gonna predict that uh, Germany top the group and and go deep in this tournament. Possible winners, possible winners for me. I have them in my top five. Interesting. I, I'm not sure how. I haven't really thought of them too much in regards to winning the tournament. It's always possible with Germany, but getting out of getting out first in this group. I think they can pull that off for sure as sort of a bounce back from not getting out at all and finishing bottom in their last World Cup. So uh, let's bring it along to Spain. I'm going to tie in Germany a little bit here because, you know, I'm, I'm, I've said it many times on these World Cup previews. I'm embracing chaos for this World Cup. I don't think Spain are getting out of this group. I get it. They have a, they have a great coach just like Germany in Luis Enrique. What they don't have that Germany does have is players on their back line that are actually capable of playing that high line. Where Spain are going to be trotting out, Emeric Laporte, he, he, he can be got at for Spain Manchester play, City Spain on the counter Spain plays a different type of game, though. They have yes, arguably they do. It's much the, more, the it's best much more midfield focus. in the entire tournament in uh, Gavi, Pedri, and Rodri. But that's you know, the key Ga- to my, Gavi my argument. Gavi and Pedri are, are, are two of the have you heard Have you heard Luis up- Enrique talk about Sergio Busquets? He starts Sergio Busquets ahead of Rodri. I don't agree with it. I, I'm telling you, it's not it's not smart. Rodri is clearly the better player and has had 
a much better last couple of seasons at Manchester City than Sergio Busquets well, has. Well, I in, bet you Busquets finds himself injured, uh, you know, after the uh, Costa Rica game. So I don't know. I I, yeah, I just maybe. I th- I think that this uh, the back line. You're right. It's not the best back line. You know, they have an, an old D- Danny Carvajal and Jordi Alba. Very old Jordi Alba. Relatively old Carvajal. Carvajal and Alba still are pretty good right now. Would be coming in for Carvajal. Yeah, Aspilicueta. Um, I do like their center backs, you know, Garcia, Torres. I, I think they're okay, but for playing a high line, that is not the personnel and you Laporte. want. And uh, Laporte. I mean, like it really they don't puts need them, to play um, a high line. They have, they, they're have. they going to be able to keep but, but very, they do. Luis very Enrique good possession. Has, he's talked about it so many times that, yes, he wants to keep possession. That is part of their defensive plan is to keep the ball and pre- prevent their opponents from being able to exploit that space in behind. I'm just saying you're inevitably going to give up possession at some point in the World Cup. Teams are going to overexert themselves to get the ball back in, you know, the three guaranteed games they're they're given to play. I'm just saying I don't think Spain have enough to take advantage of all that possession. They're going to be relying on Alvaro Morata up top, and he could do anything from not score a goal at this World Cup and, you know, go off injured in the first or second game, or he could explode and score uh, like bunches of goals like he kind of did at the last Euros when they got to the semifinals. I just think, like, in terms of teams in transition, Germany seem like they are further along in their transition than Spain are. Spain are still relying on players that I think they should have been pushed out a while ago, like Jordi Alba, like Sergio Busquets. And Busquets is the, the main one that uh, you look to that kind of sums up that that whole that whole point. And, you know, if they walk out in the first game against Costa Rica and Rodri is starting at the base of that midfield and it's Pedri and Gavi either side of him, uh, and, you know, th- they obviously have the potential, even in players that may not be starting the first game, like Ansu Fati, some player or multiple players could come in and take over the tournament. By, by saying that I don't think Spain are getting out of the group, it's not that I completely yield the fact that they are capable of you know, going on a deep run in this tournament. I, I think they get out of the group. I don't think they make a deep run. You know, I think they're, they're the type of team that, yes, while they're they're definitely good enough to beat Japan and beat Costa Rica, I think the Japan game will be that last game that'll be a very, very hard game for them. Both of those teams will probably need to win to get out of the group. But I think that it, once they get to the knockout rounds and they start playing against better teams, they're going to have trouble. So because they, they're not going to have the goal-scoring ability, they're going to meet teams that press them harder that work harder but uh, Costa Rica definitely not Japan I think I think yeah I mean I think it's possible they have a lot of uh, a lot of weapons a lot of young players mix of experience and they're in a good place right now so let's get to Japan it's not a bad shout Alex it's not a bad shout yeah let's get to Japan because uh, they're definitely a team that I don't think a lot of people will be expecting to do much in this tournament but they've had You'd Decent be wrong. Finishes. They've had pretty good finishes. Like they've been perennially going to the World Cup basically since 1998. Missed one World Cup in there, um, but they they and they always have a pretty decent showing. You know, uh, they've made it to the round of 16 three times, and yeah, just J- Japan always. They never get blown out at the World Cup, and they have players like Kaoru Mitoma from uh, Brighton that's been playing really well in the last uh, few weeks for Brighton has looked really good for them. Takafusa Kubo. You, you got to talk about your boy, Javier. Is he going to be fit? Takahiro oh, yeah, Tomiyasu. I'll, I'll talk about him. Yeah. Tom- uh, well, I, I think you got to start from the base. Uh, yeah, they have a lot of attacking options that we can get to, but starting yeah, from the base of their options. team, 
they're they're a little bit better set up for this tournament than I think they ever have been because Tomiyasu is obviously playing at a very high level at Arsenal. He starts usually at center back alongside um, uh, Maya Yoshida, formerly of uh, Southampton, now of uh, Schalke. Uh, you know that's a that's a Premier League uh, level right back slash center back in Tomiyasu, and then a elder statesman in Yoshida, who's you know not as good as he used to be, but still an experienced uh, figurehead there. Their goalkeeper, I was surprised to see, is uh, this guy Daniel Schmidt. He's uh, believe it or not, he is Japanese. He's uh, been playing at uh, San Trudense in uh, in Belgium. I probably screwed up the the pronunciation of that. He's only thirty years old, um, so he's got mid level European uh, league experience. Uh, their wingbacks, Yuto Nagatomo, formerly of uh, Inter, he's 36 years old or something now, and he's playing back in, in Japan for uh, FC Tokyo. And then Hiroki Sakai from uh, Urawa Red uh, Demons, or Diamonds, uh, in Japan. He's 32 years old. So they've got like experienced operators on the back line, and then a bunch of players who are, are playing all over Europe. We've got Daichi Kamada from Eintracht Frankfurt. I, yeah, I think he's, he's probably... Having, he's having a really good season, Kamada. He's probably I mean, like the best is. attacking player in this team, which yeah, is saying is. something. They've got a yeah, good amount is. of them. Uh, we know we know of um, Minamino as well, who uh, used to play on Liverpool. Um, I think he's on Monaco now, right? Something like that? Yeah, he's he's on Monaco. Um, the, um, Takafuse Kubo from uh, Real Sociedad, who was formerly from Real Madrid's academy. Did they sell he's, him, or is he, still, is he on loan there? I think they sold him. They sold him. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, so any number of any one of these like attacking players, we're, we're even missing a couple. Junior Ito from Stad Reims, uh, he's twenty nine year old winger. He's he's having a, g- a good season in France and usually plays much better for the national team than um, you, you're used to seeing at club level. They've got a large array of these very technical, some of them very pacey and very direct uh, players that I think... I, I have a player to watch. I have a player to watch. For you yeah, know, go for it. They have a, a young player, Al Tanaka, in the midfield. Um, he's plays on, I think, uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf, Dusseldorf in the okay. uh, Bundesliga. And he's apparently, you know, super electric. I've, I've seen him play once, um, and, and he looked good. So I've I watched a little bit of a highlight of him as well, and he he looks like he's going to be a, a really talented player, but he's he's kind of an all around, you know, skillful defensive midfielder who uh, you'll see him you know getting the ball a lot for Japan. So he's one to watch for in this tournament, and um, you know, see him maybe make a move in a year or two to uh, to a much bigger team. Yeah, and the the player I was going to say to keep an eye out for because. With all those technical players and uh, you know attacking quality further up the pitch, that backline is going to need some protecting. So uh, Hidemasa Morita from Sporting Lisbon, he's a he's 27 years old in the prime of his career. He's just had a pretty good uh, Champions League with Sporting Lisbon, even though they they didn't get out of their group in the end. Um, him along with uh, Wataru Endo from Stuttgart, they're a center midfield pairing that, you know, they're like I said, both of them right in the prime of their careers, playing at a high level uh, in Western Europe. Those two players are going to have to be very disciplined and make as few of mistakes as even the backline uh, will against such high-level opposition. I think it's a big ask. I, I really do. I, I'm, I'm picking Japan to get second in this group, despite it being a big ask. 
but I just think they have so many players, you know, coming into the prime of their career, uh, some past the, their prime, admittedly. But I think it's the perfect balance, and they're they're on this trajectory after the last World Cup, getting out of a group that had Senegal, Colombia, and Poland. I think they can pull it off, and I'm just expecting one of these two these two I, top teams yeah, to fall uh, off. And that's interesting, and, Alex. No, I mean, I think they're a lock to finish third, um, and I think that they give Spain and Germany a run for their money in both of those games. But I I just think that they're Spain and Germany are both a cut above those teams you just mentioned. You know, Colombia. Poland, Senegal. This is World Cup royalty we're talking about, and uh, I think both of them are, are just just a little bit too good for this Japan team, and I think Japan put in a valiant effort and uh, maybe even scare the shit out of Spain or, or, or Germany at one point, but they'll have their moments. I think they'll play really well against Costa Rica and beat Costa Rica too, but... For what it's worth, Spain have only gone past the quarterfinal stage of the World Cup once. And that was when they won it, obviously. So to call them World Cup royalty, like and put them in the same level as Germany, I think that's a little disrespectful to Germany. Like I agree right, with you, Germany fair. are World that's Cup fair. royalty, but I think Spain have a uh, they have. I mean, they didn't get out of their group in 2014, you know, and and that was kind of a similar group where it was like Chile, Holland, and uh, Australia was the, the the fourth team in that, and they didn't get out of that group, so. I'm just saying it could be on the cards. Uh, real be. quick on on Costa Rica. Oof. I mean, I'm I'm looking at their players, Alex. I know, I know a few of them. Obviously, Kaylor Navas stands out as the, the 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 guy that flies off the team sheet. He's their captain. He's everything around this team. Um, he's gonna have to put in an insane performance if Costa Rica have any chance to do anything in this tournament. But uh, I see Joel Campbell playing on uh, Leon. Still going strong. Still going strong. Uh, we see uh, Brian Ruiz, formerly in the MLS, now playing. Thirty-seven-year-old uh, Brian Ruiz. Thirty-seven-year-old. One last uh, job. <laughs> still going. Still going. And uh, Brian Oviedo. He's pretty good on Real Salt Lake. He's probably one of one of the more decent players that they have. Um, but yeah, this is a team that qualified basically just you know they they were probably the, one of the worst teams that that qualified for this. World Cup. I'm, I'm sorry, Costa Rica fans, but you, you say that. But they did. They rounded into form in the second half of qualifying. They had six points in their first seven games in the Concacaf qualifying, and then in their last seven games, they got 19 points available from you know 21. Over that time, they were like very defensively strong. Uh, they uh, didn't need to score too much. They only scored 13 goals in all of the 14 qualifying games. But that's that's just been part of their identity for years now. And they've, they've shifted from like a three or five at the back uh, from pa- past World Cups to now uh, they play like a classic 4-4-2 uh, with Joel Campbell and uh, this this young 18-year-old kid from Sunderland, uh, Jewison Bennett. Uh, I can't, don't know how to pronounce his name. Never heard it uh, out loud before. Um, and then another forward, Anthony Contreras from uh, Herediano in, in Costa Rica. So, again, I will not try to claim that they have any chance of getting out of this group. I'm just simply saying they're going to throw a wrench into, I think, one team's group stage. And I'm actually willing to bet that they might hold out and get something like a nil-nil or a 1-1 draw in that opening game with Spain. I really do think it's possible. Probable? Maybe not. 
I mean, yeah, they're going to come out. Spain, it's going to be someone after that. Yeah, they're going to come out thinking that they, you know, they have to get something from that game to have any chance, you know, because Spain are going to be the team that, like you said, they're going to try to play a possession game, slow game, and Costa Rica can sit back, play on the counterattack, try to use their fast players like Joel Campbell and that that uh, Benete guy, and uh, we'll see. We'll see if uh, if they can throw a wrench into plans. I'm sure uh, World Cups always surprise and. I'm trying to. I keep saying this group's going to be straightforward, but you know, you, you never know with these groups, Alex. You're right, and I'm, I'm maybe being boring, but I like your, I like your prediction. Do you remember the Brazil game with Costa Rica in the last World Cup? It was the last game of the group where uh, the other two members of the group were Serbia and Switzerland. Uh, Brazil basically had qualifying wrapped up, uh, but they, they they needed to to win. It took them till the 92nd minute to get the, the first goal, and they've actually won 2-0 because Neymar scored a, a second a couple minutes later. So it looked better than it actually was, but it was 90 minutes of Costa Rica sitting in, struggling, defending their asses off, and then ending up empty-handed. It could end up that way against teams like Spain and Germany yeah, as well like this I said, time. Yeah, like I said, Novice is going to have to have a crazy performance, so let's see if he does. So let's uh, put our official picks in the books. Javier, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'm going to go uh, Germany, Spain, Japan, Costa Rica. One, okay. two, three, four. I'm going to go Germany first, Japan second, Spain third, and Costa Rica fourth. Now, if that group wasn't crazy enough for you or, uh, you know, enough of a brain teaser to try and figure out who's going to qualify, then this one's uh, th- this one's even worse. This one's up there as one of the toughest groups uh, to, to predict in the World Cup, but definitely going to be enjoyable to talk about. Group F has uh, Belgium, Croatia, Canada... And Morocco. I, I have no idea where to start with this one. Where, where do you want to start, Javier? All right, let's start with Morocco, Alex. Let's just get them out of the way because... Get them out of the way? How dare you? All right, maybe that's a little rude. Maybe that's a little rude. They have uh, they have some pretty good players. I'm being rude to uh, Morocco. I'm, I'm looking at their lineup right now that... Morocco, you know, I think there's an argument to be made that they are just as talented of a team on paper as Senegal. So the, the, those two teams, I think, are the two most talented on paper uh, coming out of Africa. Do you think that's fair to say? Yeah. No, I like, uh, I mean, they have Ashraf Hakimi from uh, PSG. They have Nasser Mazarawi from uh, Bayern Munich. Uh, Nayef Aguerd from West Ham recently signed there. Uh, you remember Romain Saiz, who played on Wolves the last few years. Uh, he's on Besiktas right now. Why do you always do this? Why do you always hate on my Chelsea boys? Ah, yes, Alex. Hakim Ziyech, uh, the uh, Chelsea reject who uh, no one ever sees play. Guess uh, what, Javier? Sufain Buffal, he's back. He's pretty good. Uh, what do you mean? But let back? me actually, Javier, real quick. Oh, let me and Nazri. And Nazri's pretty good. Striker on uh, Sevilla. Wow, yeah. yeah they have it. They have they're it. loaded they from top talented. to bottom with not only talent from around I mean, like the top leagues in Europe, okay. but talent that consistently plays in the Champions League. I, I do need to give the, the listeners a bit of background because when you look at this Morocco team's like results over the last like year or two, maybe their quarterfinal exit at the African Cup of Nations, you may think they're sort of underachieving based off that tag of being the most one of the most talented teams in Africa. But throughout that time, they haven't had Hakim Ziyech. He had a well-publicized dispute with their former man- manager, uh, Vahid uh, Halihozic, Serbian or Bosnian uh, manager who was fired in, in August 
Hallie Hodzic accused Ziyech of faking injuries to get out of having to come represent Morocco. Ziyech, you know, went crazy, went mental, retired from international duty out of protest. And uh, I think the Moroccan uh, FA came to their senses and got rid of him so that they could, you know, have basically their, their star player back in the team. Now, you, you may not like what Ziyech has done at Chelsea, and I would agree with you. He's, he's not been amazing at Chelsea. He's been very injury prone and... I think you predicted when he first came to the Premier League, he would be, end up being a bit too lightweight. And that's that's proven to be true. But this is the different game. This is the international game. ZX, you know, he has, for years before that falling out with the manager, he has been the star man for one of the best teams in, in Africa. He takes all the set pieces. He'll take the penalties. It, it's all on him. And he's got a great array of players that you already mentioned uh, playing around him. And I think this team is poised to do something special at this World Cup. I, I think they could, I think they're the best, ch- they're the African team with the best chance of getting out of their group just by nature of how open this group is. And, and you know, if you've listened to the past what pods, I already said that I don't think Senegal are, are going to get out. And with Sadio Mane's injury, that's looking more I really have no idea. More likely. You're right, Alex. I mean, Morocco could make it out. I, I, I honestly was totally underestimating them when I, first set and then I started looking a little bit more at their team and they're honestly this group is probably the hardest group and I say that overall. I said that because literally every single team in this team, group yeah, I think it's, it's realistic pretty, you pretty could crazy. see them wow. you could see them finishing top or bottom there's there's a scenario that is realistic for any of these four teams to finish in any of the four places uh by the time the, the group stage is, is over and obviously, that would take like a, a big sort of capitulation wow, by the, those two have, European uh, sides. Uh, their goalie is plays the starter for Sevilla, Bono. Yeah, Bono. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the, the one big injury they do have is, I mean, uh, Harit from Marseille. He has some cruciate ligament damage in the last uh, game for Marseille before the, the break. So they're going to be missing him. But, you know, they still have good players like uh, uh, Sofian Amrabat, formerly of Watford. He's now playing at Fiorentina and doing well in Syria. Yeah. And then the young player I think people should be looking out for is Azadin Unahi from Angers. He's a 22-year-old winger slash attacking midfield, but him and Buffal are going to sort of switch playing those two positions. Buffal will drift out wide from midfield to the left wing and vice versa with Unahi. But Unahi doesn't get many goals and assists uh, for Angers, but he passes the eye test in terms of his dribbling ability and, and distribution of his passing. So... I have them getting out of this group. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick it. I have Morocco getting out in second from this group. But we can save the the picks for later if you want. I'm just trying to display how confident and how confident I no, am. No, that's in that. awesome. Yeah, no, I, uh, I don't know if I'm that confident in them, but uh, that's well, yeah. That's, we can make up uh, your mind by talking about the other teams if you want. Yeah, let's go to let's go to Canada next, Alex, because oh, Canada. I don't remember the rest of the words after that. What do you think of this Canada team, Alex? I mean, they their first World Cup, right, in a very, very long time? Is this the first World first Cup World ever? Cup since 1986, only their second World Cup ever. Yeah, it's been a very, very long time for them, where they got, I believe they scored no goals, yeah, and they had three losses. It was just terrible for them. So they have yet to score a goal in a World Cup. I think they're going to get that here. They have Jonathan David, who's uh, been tearing up Liga and Lille. Junior Hoylet, who's been on Reading for 300 years. They have uh, Alfonso <laughs> Davies, who's been just, you know, amazing on Bayern Munich. Uh, he's he's their talisman. He's the player who you're going to watch, you know, 
the X factor in this this team. Who, if he's you know on his game, he can uh, he can change everything for them. Atiba Hutchinson, who plays on Besiktas, he's pretty good. Um, that that uh, center midfielder Stefan Eustaquio uh, plays on FC Porto. He's uh, he's a very nifty player. Uh, t- very two you know two footed. A lot of the play goes through him, and uh, he he finds you know Jonathan Osorio. Do you, you remember him from his Houston days? Um, sure. But he's another one who's a veteran there who uh, who gets game time. You know, there's there's a few good players on this squad, and I was gonna predict them to get out of the group, but uh, now that I've looked at at uh, how good Morocco are, I think it's gonna be a lot harder of an ask for them. I thought they might have had a chance to uh, to finish above Morocco, but now I'm starting to think that it might be a little bit hard. But I think for them, it's going to be just a joy to be at this World Cup. And I'm I just not a huge. This team's too good for them to just be like, we're just happy to be here. You know, that's uh, I, I don't see that happening. Like, I still think this group is going to be really close and it could just be like one result that that, you know, keeps Canada from getting through or, or you know, leaves them at the bottom of the group. But they could, they will still be right in there to qualify. It's going to be really tight. And the thing they have going for the most is what I mentioned earlier about you know styles that are best suited for this format, the international knockout football with a with a group stage to start. Blow block teams that know how to counterattack and have like lightning pace and ability to take advantage of better teams when they turn the ball over. And that that's the one thing I will not fault Canada for. They have oodles of pace and really good talent at the top end of the pitch. Even if you, you know, take out Jonathan David and Alfonso Davis, Kyle Lahren scored something like 13 or 14 goals in qualifying. And he's, you know, playing at Brugge, has been playing in Turkey for years before that. Uh, Tejan Buchanan uh, was playing for New England Revolution before getting his move to Brugge uh, this past summer. He can play at left wing back and sometimes they'll move Alfonso Davies up into like a number 10 position or just let him play free. And Buchanan's... Yeah, he plays, he plays all excellent. over the pitch for them. Uh, yeah, but you know, then, then you just kind of come to the inevitable conclusion that are they actually good enough defensively to play a low b- block and keep teams out? And, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of in the defensive areas of the pitch where you think uh, they may not be equipped fully to uh, to handle some of these other... You know, strong teams attacks because it's. I know that they're MLS players. Goalkeeper at Milan Borjan, he plays on Red Star Belgrade, which is not a terrible yeah. team. You know, they they make it to the Champions League uh, or the Europa League relatively often. But I'm, uh, yeah, I'm talking about players like Alistair Johnson. Of but I'm Montreal I'm worried. Impact yeah, exactly. And, I'm worried about the back line. I'm worried about the goalie. I think that's why they're not making it out of this group. Um, and I and I kind of I think they finished bottom. I was gonna have them in third, but now I have them bottom. Um, yeah, sadly. Sorry, Canada fans. I think you guys do well, though. I think Canada throws wrenches into people's plans, scores goals, like, is not easy to beat in any of the games. So, like you said, Alex, I mean, if there's a chance to get out of this group, they could definitely finish third. I wouldn't be shocked if they're finishing third, you know. I wouldn't be like, wow, that's incredible. If they get out of this group, I'd kind of think that's be pretty incredible, considering it's their second World Cup, and they're against a bunch of teams. You know, Croatia got to a World Cup final. Belgium got to a semifinal you know, Morocco is, is, you know, perennially the, uh, you know, going to World Cups or, or you know, doing well in, 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 in Africa. So good luck to Canada. I hope they do well. I, I, I have good, uh, good hopes for them. But 
Yeah, I hope you know, they do well. They're going to have much. They're going to have a much better. They're, they don't have any pressure on them. Is what I'm saying because it's they've already done great coming getting to this World Cup. You know, so whatever they do, it's going to be positive, unless they just don't score any goals and they suck. So, which I don't think is going to be the case. All right. Well, let's get to these uh, two European powers, Belgium and Croatia. I kind of want to start with Belgium. There's there's a lot to sink your teeth into here. It's an aging side. It's kind of the same Belgium team, though. Yep. I mean, is there is there that much to say? Copy and paste. Like, <laughs> like it's almost pretty much the identical. I mean, the thing is, is Mar- it's the same manager, right? We still have uh, Martinez in there. Uh, same goalie, Courtois. At the back line, they still start Alderweireld and Vertonghen. Um, right. And then Dead and Donker sometimes plays as the third center back. Um, I think that's the, you know, sometimes they, they play... Well, this time they have that, uh, what's his name, Wout Weiss from Leicester City. They also have Zeno DeBost, or DeBost from uh, Anderlecht. He's a 19-year-old center back. It's, uh, it's yet to be seen who they're going to, you know, stick with or trust fully for this tournament. But you're right. Uh, having Alderweireld and Vertonghen in there is... Uh, <laughs> They've fallen off. There's no other way to say it. Alderweireld is 33 years old. He's now playing at Antwerp. He's not the same player. Like, I think Jonathan David remember could just have Tottenham. like and 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 Morocco's like yeah. super fast, nimble wingers could and, and like a dynamic midfield could just tear these you know this backline apart. I, I I think Belgium could be the one team that everyone expects is going to go you know far. They always think they have all the big names, but they could slip up in this group. You, know, you, you I, took the words right out of my mouth, Javier. I'm, I love I'm it. Like not, you know, they have a, an injured, you know, injury-prone, f- done Eden Hazard, a pretty much nuked his own career in Lukaku. You know, De Bruyne is playing fantastically. That's the one player that they're going to have to lean on a lot. Uh, Yuri Tielman's been pretty good for for Leicester this season. Those are the two players that 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 Belgium are going to have to lean on, but. I just see more more holes, and Menuhir still plays for them. Carrasco, are there Menuhir and Carrasco are usually the wingbacks? I mean, they're they decent. They have as well from yeah, Leicester Castagna who can play well. right Those wing are back. decent players. Um, I think Trossard, maybe, if he can get onto the team, could be a huge positive. If they could somehow that, well, get so him That's into the, the team. thing. This is a similar discussion that we were talking about with Busquets in Spain. Now, there's... there's uh, player selection choices that could be made that you, you would think would give this Belgium team a big boost. Like for Spain, if they just played Rodri instead of Busquets, I would think much more highly of their chances. The same goes for for Belgium. I love Eden Hazard, obviously. I'm a Chelsea fan. He's a Chelsea legend. But if you inserted someone like Trossard in a uh, left wing, maybe even Jeremy Doku from, uh, from Rennes, if you inserted one of those players into that front line, that would immediately make their 3-4-3 much more dynamic. It would give them... Uh, much more pace to make runs in behind. Hazard is, you know, he's even at the best of, in his career, he was never that kind of player. He always would want to drop in and pick up the ball and create from there. They're going to start Eden Hazard anyway. You could say the same thing about Romelu Lukaku, another player who, you know, uh, at the last Euros was at the very peak of his career. And ever since then, it's all gone downhill and he's been struggling with injuries this year at Inter. He'll be fit for this and will probably still start up top. But they have a, play, a player like Charles de Quetelier from AC Milan, who is kind of a Kai Havertz type of player, not as much of a uh, a singular focal point at the at the top. But that could maybe work well with some of the rest of these, you know, young players like Doku and, and Trossard playing in front of a player like Kevin De Bruyne. 
they have the players to make adjustments and you know freshen things up but Roberto Martinez isn't going to do that one more that I'd love to see um, if they can somehow get him into the starting lineup maybe instead of Axel Witzel is uh, Amadou Anana who's been playing really well for Everton this season he's he's a you know a six foot four six foot five brick you know strong young uh, good on his feet just I think he might be you know world class one day but Right now, just not a lot of players, people know about him. You know, he just burst onto the scene in the Premier League's only had a few games, but he's looked really good. Hasn't looked out of place for Everton, and Everton have been really good defensively since he came into the side. So he's, He I'm, makes some mistakes in possession. He uh, does. He, he does. But so, I, I'd like to see him, you know, with Thielmans and De Bruyne in a midfield um, at some point during the tournament. And uh, again, like you said, if they were playing some of these players, I'd be more optimistic for them. But because they still have a lot of these older players in the lineup sort of grandfathered in for Martinez and he's kept them just like Southgate. You know, he's got his little favorites that he doesn't get out of the team. And I think it's ultimately going to be uh, Belgium's downfall in this tournament. I don't think, I think they get out of this group. Maybe, probably not. Embrace Ugh, chaos. I think, I, think they, I, I, think, chaos. I think they get out in second, but I think that they get out for the skin of their teeth. Yeah. I think they're going to get out in second. And they don't think it's going to be easy for them. And I think if they once they make it out of the group stage, I think they they get knocked out by Spain or Germany in the in the knockout round. So, okay, I'm going to save my prediction for uh, when we when we finish talking about this group and give the final picks. Uh, let's go to Croatia. Obviously, they had their best ever World Cup last time in in Russia. They got all the way to the final behind a Ballon d'Or performance from uh, starman Luka Modric little less so at the uh, Euros last year. Still got out of their, their group, uh, but uh, lost to Spain in a very memorable 5-3 in uh, Copenhagen that went to extra time. Uh, they came back from 3-1 down in that game to show still show that spirit that helped them time and time again at the last World Cup to come back in games, force penalties, and get all the way to the final. I think it's that spirit, that like never-die spirit that this Croatian team has that... Uh, is making me think that they're going to get out of this group and I, I think finish first. I think a lot of people are kind of preying on Croatia's downfall. They kind of think like, oh, Matric is 37 now. He's not going to be able to do it again. But even if Matric isn't like at that Ballon d'Or level again, he still has great midfield partners in Mateo Kovacic and uh, Marcelo Brozovic uh, I was about from to say, Chelsea such, and Inter Milan. They have one of the best midfielders in the tournament. Like I'm, I, I also think that they're going to top this group, Alex. You know, you you mentioned those players, um, but they even have, uh, you know, your, your boy Mario Pasalic from Atalanta, uh, Nikola Vlasic from Torino. I'm super excited to see uh, Josko Gvardiol, uh, who... Gvardiol, uh, yeah. I'm Varvidal, not sure whether he's going yeah, to he's start or not. very good on RB Leipzig. I, I, he I, I'm not sure will. if he'll start. He will. Well, I'm just saying uh, from, from, you know, my limited research of them... Dejan Lovren or Domagov Vida will, will start, one of those two. And then Josip Sitalo from Dinamo Zagreb, who's only 22 years old. He's, yeah, I think they should do Sitalo and uh, Garvidal. And I think that's, yeah, I'm, that's I'm just saying an exciting that center back. They, they never start the two young center backs. They always pair one of the two young center backs with an experienced player like uh, Lovren or Vida. So it could be any one of, it could be any two of those four playing at the, the two center back positions. Or it could even be a three at the back with Guardiol as left center back and then uh, two more next to him. And then the player that I think is uh, you know, going to break out in this tournament is uh, Borna Sosa from 
uh, Stuttgart, I think, in, in Germany. He's already been linked with Chelsea, uh, but I think that link uh, will will not end up happening since we signed Kukurea. Uh, but he's a, a very exciting, relatively young player, 24 years old, so coming into the prime of his uh, career now. Uh, and then the two players that you know tore Chelsea to shreds in the, the Champions League for Zagreb, Bruno Petkovic, the uh, big early center forward, who's the heir apparent to Mario Mandzukic, and uh, Mislav Orsic. Uh, the, they, they were a thunder and lightning-like partnership, where Pekovic, you know, does the fighting with the center backs. He heads it down or knocks it on for Orsic to run onto. They did that, you know, against Chelsea in the opening game of the Champions League this season. And, you know, we, we couldn't defend it. They're, they're still, despite playing still in Croatia, those two players are Champions League level players. They don't need to be on a Real Madrid or a Chelsea or an Inter Milan like you know, or Tottenham like Perisic is. They don't need to be on those kinds of teams to still perform for the national team. So uh, they, they've got a lot of options. Uh, we haven't even mentioned uh, Andre Kramaric from Hoffenheim. Dude, can you believe he's 31 already? Do you remember when he was like bursting onto the scene and we were thinking like, yeah, oh, what team's going to sign been him? around a little bit. He's, he's gone to a few tournaments now with Croatia. He's part of the World Cup winning side, so or it's the World Cup final side. Sorry, not World Cup winning. That'd be nice for Croatia, but yeah, I think I think they win this group too. I think they're a very complete team. Um, I'm excited to watch them and to see how they do after that uh, that great performance. And I think this is going to be Modric's you know swan song into into the history books. And I think he's going to put on another, uh, another great performance in this world cup. I'm excited to watch them. And I think that they're going to, they're going to go far in this. I think they could beat a Spain or a Germany because they're, uh, they're that good. So I have them topping the group. I'm going to do our, uh, picks here, Alex. Let's do it. All right. You're going to have, me. I have Croatia topping the group, Belgium, second, Morocco, third, and Canada, fourth, kind of a chalky kind of pick. I'm gonna go. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna embrace chaos. I've even I've even got it in all, all caps in my notes here. Croatia first, Morocco second, Canada third, Belgium fourth. <laughs> Belgium are this tournament's Belgium Germany. Fourth, Alex. God, uh, you already said it. You said players. No, that's a great. Like, that's a great. Players from like, Canada and Morocco. Great, like crazy fourth fourth place that could happen. I agree with that. That's uh, it's not completely out of the the realm of possibility considering, you know, the I think the mess that this Belgium team is right now. So, you're right, Alex. I I just think they have a little bit too much like talent on paper. But if it the I guess if the talent doesn't play, then yeah, Alex. I mean, you're right. You're right. Just the it only two be- names from that list of talent that people keep bringing up that are actually you know still world class are Thibaut Courtois and Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, with uh, you know, I don't the, trust the Cutlier it. and uh, you know, they're not going like to play. Nana, That's the point Tio I'm making. Mins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How about this, Javier? This is uh, Romelu Lukaku's punishment for uh, you know absolutely shitting the bed after getting his big move to Chelsea. So screw you, Romelu Lukaku. I, w- I want to ask you one more question before we go. I forgot to ask it on part two, but I, I want to. I just want to ask: out of the two groups we've talked about today, which team from these two groups do you think uh, is is, if you had to pick one of the these eight teams to win the World Cup, which one would you pick? Germany. It's pretty easy for me. Yeah, yeah, that is an easy one. But a close second to me, I would actually say Croatia ahead of Spain. I, I still think Croatia are nice. you know up there with yeah. the very best in Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's definitely a good shadow. 
All right, well, let's end things there. Javier, thanks for uh, jumping on this one late at night after after work. I appreciate it. Uh, we will be back for the fourth and final World Cup preview, uh, recording that uh, this Thursday evening to uh, be in your feeds by Friday morning, early Friday morning. If you want to follow Javier, you can follow him on Twitter at JavierRev9. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ASMoss92. And you can follow the podcast socials at GhostGoalPod. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please go ahead and leave a rating and a review. All those new ratings and reviews help new listeners to find the pod. And if you're one of those uh, new listeners, thank you very much and uh, hope you enjoy it and uh, keep on coming back. Once again, keep an eye out for that fourth and final World Cup preview pod coming on Friday. And until next time, see you.